We are busy with a new series called Mark, Marked by Love. And in this series, we are talking about um, the life of Jesus. We're going to look at, at the life of Jesus through the eyes of Mark. Now, Ma- now, Mark was the second gospel writer in the New Testament. And in, throughout this series, we're just going to focus on his perspective, on what he said about the miracles and the life of Jesus throughout his life. So today, we are moving on to chapter 2. Um, so Mark chapter 2. Last week, um, Louis did Mark chapter 1. So um, if you missed out on that sermon, you can go to our website and you can go check it out there at uh, www.prodeo.org.za forward slash messages. And uh, you can find the messages there and listen to it um, so that you don't miss out. So like I said, we're, we're moving on to Mark chapter 2. And while I was reading this, I must say, I got a lot more than what I initially expected. Uh, I was reading through it, and um, I got so much more than what I thought. But the first time I read through it, going through Mark chapter 2, I must admit, I was at the, at the point where I could say, that, what am I going to say to the church on Sunday? Because there was just so much. There was so much information throughout that, that, um, that chapters that we can go on forever. But after reading through the text over and over and slowly let the text fill me up and see what God has to say in it, um, I am super excited with the message that I have to share with you today. So as we go on, who of you know the reality TV show uh, called uh, Extreme Makeover Home Edition? I think the show got cancelled like in 2011, somewhere there, Um, but when I was a kid, I think almost uh, high school, late primary school, that show was on television here, and I don't remember if it was on a Friday or if it was on a Saturday evening, but it was somewhere there. And in the show, um, they, the, there was usually a, peop- a person or people, a family with need, and uh, the host of the show would come in and uh, help that people. So the need that they have usually was maybe their house got destroyed by... Uh, by a hurricane or a flood or something, or maybe the house is just badly run down. Um, sometimes someone in the family had an accident and they needed um, some help because they're in a wheelchair and their house is not wheelchair friendly. And these people would come in and fix up your house and, and give you something new. But most of the time they got way more, way more than they expected. They got a new house and they got a bunch of new stuff, which was pretty cool. So the catch of the show was then they had to stay away from their house for seven days. They couldn't go back to their homes until it was done. So people were taken to a different location while the builders and everyone came in and they just smashed their house. I've seen an episode, I will never forget, where they literally just took a bulldozer and just drove over it, drove over some stuff. And there's people with hammers and everything and they're just breaking down that house. But what was cool, that I enjoyed the most, is when that families came back after seven days, the reactions when they see their house for the first time. That was that real, um, what do you call it, tear-jerk moments where the tears are just pulled out of your face um, when you see those families um, getting their new house and getting everything and more what they expected. But I think the hardest thing to do is giving over and trusting that these people you're giving your house to, giving over and trusting that the keys that you're giving to those, those teams, that they are going to take it and do a good job with your house. And I, I believe 
as in, in my family, there's a case like that. We all have stuff that is hard to let go of. And most of the time, these people struggle to let go of certain stuff in their house, but they had to do that in order to receive that something new that was given to them. Now, like this show, we, when it comes to our faith, we sometimes struggle to give over completely. We want to follow Jesus. We want to say, okay, let's follow Jesus, but I want to hold on to something in my life. I want to, I want to be called a Christian. I want to go to church on Sundays, but something in my life I, I don't want to let go of and rather let, hold on to that than going completely for Jesus. Maybe you're a Christian, you are not a Christian today, and you've, you've, you're just checking out church, and you're just not sure yet about Jesus. That's okay. Maybe you had a thought of following Jesus is really hard. Maybe you, you look around you and you see Christians all around you, and it looks like that they've got everything together. They've got everything going for them, and here I am struggling to read my Bible, struggling to, to pray, and struggling to spend time with God, and it looks like others are getting it right. Maybe you just started to follow Jesus, and for some reason, you don't feel good enough. You don't feel good enough for Jesus. Maybe you've been a Christian for some time in your life. Maybe you've been following Jesus, but there's still something missing. There's still a need. There's still something deeper that, you're, that, you, that you need in your life. There is some breakthrough required in your life right now. You might have been praying for a while. You might have been searching, and you are, your, your, your prayers get answered, but not quite like you've hoped for. Have you ever felt like this? Have you ever had moments where, where you think about these things and you wonder, is this actually worth it? Have you ever had that feeling that you're not good enough and you struggle to stick to the rules of the Bible? Well, I believe we all have been there. I believe we all had been in a place where we just had that thought that, and we wonder that, is following Jesus actually worth it? Is it worth it to give up everything and follow him? Now, if you have had that feelings today, I would, I would say that today you are at the right place. You have made a wise decision in coming to Predator Church today because we are going to talk about this. And we are going to see what the Bible, what Mark says about it. So, like I said, we're going to look at um, Mark chapter 2, and uh, the first topic, well, the topic we're going to talk, talk about is that love makes new. We're going to look at the whole chapter, the whole chapter of Mark, that second chapter, but there's a little small part that I want to focus on first, but in order to understand that small part, we need to see the chapter as a whole. So if you have your Bible here, you can go to Mark chapter 2 uh, from verse 20 to 22. Uh, if you don't have your Bible here, you can follow on the screen. Um, or if you have your phone here, uh, you can download the Version Bible app and just follow along there. So Mark 2 from verse 21 to 22. It reads, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst, will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. And that, that is all we are going to read 
um, today. But if we look at this, this verses, we can clearly see that Jesus is talking about fixing something old with something new. But it's not a complete fix. It's a patch. Like the old garment, Jesus is, is talking about you can't fix a, an old garment with a new patch. And you can't put new wine into an old wineskin because it's going to break. It's like taking your car in for a service and they throw in oil, old oil. Um, it just doesn't work. You might get some damage on your car. But a little bit of background is needed for us to understand the scripture. So before this part that we read, Jesus was asked why, why he and his disciples are not fasting like the other religious leaders in that area. Why are they not fasting like John the Baptist and uh, the Pharisees that were there in that time? And Jesus, Jesus gave them a, a pretty, pretty odd answer. But... So first, fasting Fasting is when you deny yourself food and drink for a set amount of time so that you can pray pray and seek God for breakthrough in your life. So whether it's from sin, whether it's just a prayer request, um, you can fast and seek God more in that time. So the Jews were also known, the, the Pharisees, they fasted like um, two days a week. They would voluntarily fast in that time. So technically... The, the whole answer of the wineskins and the garment is a pretty odd answer Jesus gives them. But when we capture this whole chapter 2 as a whole, this starts making more sense. So this is what we're going to do throughout the message. We're going to look at the four parts of Mark 2. Mark 2 is divided into four parts, and we're going to look at them each briefly. And uh, I call them the Shoal edition. So it's summarized pretty, pretty, um, pretty much from the Bible. So, uh, and I want to encourage you, go after the service, go home every night this week, go and read Mark 2 um, and see what this is all about. So I'm just briefly going to summarize it. So the first part, the first part of Mark 2 is from verse 1 to 12. We, found, we find Jesus here, he heals a paralytic. So it's a person that couldn't walk for most of his life, and um, he, he had a bad time. He basically couldn't walk, and his friends brought him to Jesus. But anyway, so they, the, the blind man heard that Jesus is in town, that Jesus is there, and he asked his friends to take him to Jesus. So Jesus, in that time, was, was preaching um, in a very small house. So they came to the house, him and his friends, and the house was full. Um, there was no way to enter the house. So they, the friends took the man, they went up the roof and dug a hole through the roof. And the Bible says further, they lowered the man down in front of Jesus, and Jesus saw their faith. Jesus saw the faith of this lame man, and he said to this man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Stand up, take your mat, and go home. Stand up, take your mat, and go home. What happened here? There was a man that couldn't walk. There was a man that couldn't live life like everyone else. He had faith that if he only could reach Jesus, if only he could just touch him, speak with him, hear what he has to say, something would change in his life. Imagine if his friends gave up at the door when, when everything was happening and they say that, no, um, it's too much effort, it's too hard, we won't be able to get you through that door. So there was an all-in risk that everyone had to, to take to encounter Jesus at, their, at that moment. There was something in meeting Jesus. When Jesus saw his faith, he received a new life. 
This man, this layman, received a new life. He received a second chance so that he could take on life again um, through what Jesus had given him. Jesus gave him forgiveness and healed him. And this is what stands out in the first part. After an all-in encounter with Jesus, when we go all-in to meet him, to follow him, to seek him, we receive a new life. That's the first point. That's the first point that you can write down. Now the second part. The second part is from um, Mark 2, verse 13 to 17, where Jesus calls Levi, or as we know him, Matthew. So the Bible says that the large crowd was following Jesus, and Matthew was sitting in his tax collector booth um, by the city. So Jesus was was teaching these people, and they were following him, and there was a big crowd. And uh, as he walked by, he saw Matthew. He stopped and he saw Matthew. He saw the sinner. So Matthew, if you look at tax, collect, tax collectors at that time, he, he was basically a traitor to his own culture. People didn't like him. Um, he, 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 did, he worked for the, for the Romans, and he took money from his own people to pay taxes to the culture. So people didn't like him. So Matthew probably made lots of mistakes. Um, he maybe had money, and he made money out of his own people, and he probably had lots. But the thing is, in this part, Jesus walks by and Jesus stops by Matthew. Jesus stops by the sinner. Jesus stops by the tax collector and says to him, follow me. That's what Jesus says to him. And the next moment, the Bible tells us Matthew stood up and he followed Jesus. He went. So not only did Matthew receive a new life when he decided to follow Jesus, he he received a new purpose. Following Jesus, an all-in encounter with Jesus, following Jesus leads to a new purpose. And that's the second part that stands out in, in that part. So no matter where you are, no matter where you are from, no matter where you are going, if you take an all-in encounter with Jesus, if you go all-in for Jesus, Jesus will give you a new purpose. You receive a new purpose. The third part is from Mark, verse 18 to 20. Now here is the actual part that happens when, when Jesus was asked about the fasting. So the, the, the Jews, uh, sorry, the people asked Jesus um, why he's why not fasting, and Jesus gave this reply. He said, how can the guests of a bridegroom fast when the, guest is still, when the bridegroom is still with him? How can they fast if they is still with him? And Jesus adds on that later there will be a day when the bridegroom will not be with them anymore. And on that day they will fast. So basically Jesus didn't say that fasting is bad or, or, or anything. He just said that my disciples here with me now, they, they don't need to fast in this moment because I am here with them. My disciples is here. Their breakthrough is here. And it made me think, when we follow Jesus, there's something that changes in our lives. We receive a new breakthrough because Jesus, in that moment, is with us. They received breakthrough in Jesus when they decided to follow him. So not only did they receive a new life, a new purpose, they received new breakthrough in their lives. So that's the third part that stands out from there. So what we also get from that is, if we talk about breakthrough, is that the storms in your life might not be taken away from you, but 
you can get the strength through Christ to grow through it. The, the bad things in your life that might be happening to you in this moment might not go away instantly, but Christ can give you, can sustain you, and give you breakthrough to go through it and get, get out whole on the other side. If you, if you follow Christ and you find breakthrough and you're, and you're part of a church, you don't need to go alone through your storms. You have a church, you have a body of believers that is here, a community that is here with you um, to go through it with you. The question is, when you follow Jesus, are you all in or only giving up a patch? And now the fourth part from verse 23 to 28. Jesus and his disciples was, was walking next to a field. And, next, and they, they got hungry, and the, the Bible says they picked grain on the Sabbath from the field, and they ate it. So the Jewish leaders of that time said, okay, they, they were looking for ways to condemn Jesus and to say that he's a false prophet. Try to use the law to condemn Jesus in that moment. But the thing is that Jesus never sinned. The Bible tells us that Jesus never sinned. He was perfect, and he was faultless. So when they tried to corner Jesus about eating on, picking grain on the Sabbath, Jesus made the statement and said, the Sabbath was made for man, and man was not made for the Sabbath. And he says further that the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. So Jesus made a pretty bold statement here. So he's basically saying that he is the Messiah, and his disciples who decided to follow him, they are under a new condition. They are under a new promise when they decided to follow me. So when we decide to follow Jesus, Jesus gives each and every one of us a new condition, a new promise. And we know that as the gospel. Today we know that as the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus died for each and every one of us so that we can receive life through him. And he paid the penalty in full. So through him... There is no condemnation for those who follow him. There's no condemnation for those who follow him. So this good news, this new condition is available for each and every single person in this room, in this world, if we make the decision to follow Jesus, to go all out to follow him. So a quick brief uh, recap on these four parts. When we decide to go all in, when we decide to go all in for Jesus, he gives, life to the, he gives new life to the lame man. He gives new purpose to the sinner. He gives new breakthrough to those who encounter him. And he gives a new promise and he gives a new condition to those who call him Lord. Now I want to rewind and go back to the main text again. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. After reading the whole text, this just, this, this just filled me and made me see something more about Jesus. So like extreme makeover, when you, ha- when you step in, you have to give everything over for them in order to give you something new. 
when you want to follow Jesus, when, when you say you're all in for Christ, you have to be all in. You have to go all in for that. You cannot go want to follow Christ and say, I'm only halfway in it now. There's no halfway. There's an all in or don't do it. Because the Bible says, Jesus says here in the story, if it's halfway, if it's old, then it will tear. If it's an old wineskin, then it will break. But this is the best part of it all. Jesus doesn't want to fix a little problem. Jesus doesn't want to fix only a little patch in your life. He wants to give you a new garment. He wants to give you a, a, a new wineskin so that the, the new wine can go into you. Jesus doesn't want to give you something that is temporary. He wants to give you something that will last and something that will build you up and something that will draw you closer to himself. We all go to Christ because we all have the same need. We have a need to be connected with our God and Creator. We have that need, and God made us that way. God made us to want to be in relationship with Him. And we have that need to be to connect with God and be in a restored relationship with Him. But we can only be in a restored relationship when we say, take that step and say, I am all in for Jesus. That is how a restored relationship looks like. I mean, none of us goes into a relationship and say, I will marry you, but I think I'm going to see other people as well on the side. No, that's not, that's not, uh, that's not how it works. When, when we go all in in a marriage, we go all in. It's everything or nothing. And it's the same with following Jesus. So I'm going to ask you, like, what are you searching for today? What are you searching for when, when you are looking for Christ? Are you searching for a, for a quick fix? Are you searching for a patch in your life? Or are you, or are you searching for something greater? Are you looking for a, a help out? Or are you looking for a relationship with Jesus? Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong in going to Jesus with some of your problems. There's nothing wrong in saying that I have this need in my life and Jesus Please help me through this. Jesus' business is people. And Jesus' business is helping people. But the thing is, like you said, are we all in or not? Because even though he fixes it, he fixes that problem, and we're not all in, the tear might get worse than what it was before. The main point is, we can't contain something old in something new. Jesus wants to make you new. Jesus wants to make every single one of us new. He wants to give us new wine. He wants to give us a new garment when we say we are following him. Is Jesus also just talking about earthly things? No, I don't believe so. Jesus is talking about your soul as well. Jesus is talking about when you go all in for him, your heart and your soul belongs to him and his kingdom. Jesus wants to move you from a disconnected, fallen state to a connected, restored relationship with the Father. He wants you to be made new again. And in all four of those stories, when people went to Jesus, when people started to follow Christ, they all got more than what they expected. Like with the extreme makeover, they all got more than what they expected. 
When we go to Christ, we might have that picture of this and this and this is what I want in my life. I want Christ to fix my, my children, maybe fix a marriage, maybe fix that. But when we do that, when we go all in for Jesus, it tends to be that we get more than what we expect. Jesus gives healing, Jesus gives grace, and Jesus gives righteousness and hope to everyone. And he gives it fully to those who follow him. You might have been following Jesus your whole life, or you might not have started yet. But look at your life right now in this moment and ask yourself, am I looking just for a patch with Jesus? Just for a certain aspect of my life? Or am I looking for a restored relationship to bring all I am to the feet of Jesus? Am I looking to be made new through Jesus? And the thing is, God can take whatever we give him, whatever we bring, with whatever baggage we have, God can take that and turn it into something new. The Bible says that we can bring our troubles, our fears, our doubts, our worries, everything to the cross of Jesus, because Jesus is all about reaching out to people. And this is the, one of the points that I, I want to leave with you, is that always remember a touch of Christ will never leave you the same. A touch of Christ will never leave you the same in your life. But the thing is, we have to go all in. When we go all in, we get more than what we expected. Another question is, how do we go all in? How do we go all in for Christ? Take a next step. It's, faith is about taking the next step after the next step after the next step. So if you don't know Jesus and you want to follow him and make him a Lord of your life, make that commitment today. Afterwards, we'll, we'll do a prayer and you'll have the opportunity to do that. Make the commitment today. The second step you can take is get involved in a community. Get involved in a church. Get, get involved in an outreach. Get involved in a mission trip inside of a church. The next step to make it to, to, to go all in is come to church regularly and be, become part of the community. Become part of the community of Jesus where we can encourage one another, where we can grow and see and move towards Jesus. If you are, have been growing in your life and you have this need or desire to be baptized, get baptized. I heard a cool statement earlier this week. Um, Neil from the American team said, we always want people to get from the, street, from the street to the church to the top. And that's what following Jesus is all about. We want people to become disciples of Jesus. So take a next step and become a, dis- a disciple of Jesus. And another way to go all in is be available to share your story with those around you. Be available for Jesus um, wherever you are. If it's at work, if it's um, at your house, just be available to, to go and preach the gospel to those around you. And the gospel is your testimony as well. To, to talk about how Jesus has saved you and what he has done for you and what he has given you and how he gives that to anyone. Giving all to God doesn't mean you're perfect. That doesn't mean you're perfect at all. Sometimes we have this thought that when we give everything to God and when we follow Jesus, um, everything in our life has to be perfect and I have to be perfect and I don't make mistakes anymore. That's not true. Giving all to God doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you're being made new. 
means that you are in the process of being made new. You're in the process of taking that next step of faith after the next step of faith, trusting God to move forward. You are being made new. And that's what I, that's what I want to leave you with today. You are all being made new in Christ if we take that decision to go all in for Him. Now, there's some lyrics of a song that I want to share with you today. And it's been in my head this whole week, and it's been really in my heart. And um, it's, from, it's from the song of uh, Hillsong, and it's called New Wine. And I just want to read you the lyrics of this song. And as I read it through, I just felt like God just saying that this is, this is what we're talking about. This is what we want. And it goes like this. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil, I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. So I yield to you and all and to your careful hand. When I trust you, I don't, I don't need to understand. And then it goes further saying, make me your vessel. Make me your offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing but all you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Because where there is new wine, there is new power. And there is freedom. And the kingdom is here. I lay down my old flames to carry your new fire today. And this is just words that spoke to my, to my heart out of this song. And I think this is what Jesus wants to each and every one of us. He wants us to be made new when we follow him. But the thing is, we need to decide, are we all in or are we just looking for a patch? Are we all in to go for Jesus and say, from this day forward, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to do everything to make him the first priority in my life and then the rest. And when we do that, we, we move into a place where we can become a vessel for Christ, where Christ can use us and we can go out in this world and be used by him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for everything you gave to us. You, Lord, you, you gave everything on that cross and you just gave it all for us, Lord. And Lord, I want in this moment to pray that Lord, may you make us new. Lord, as we follow you, as we look to you for grace, Lord, make us new. Show us who you are and that you accept us and that you love us. Lord Jesus, thank you for for who you are and what you have done. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for for everything you've given us. Lord, I pray that you you will show us how we can go all in for you, how we can take our lives and give it all to you. And Lord, I pray in this moment that if there's someone that wants to make the commitment to follow you, Lord, I pray that they will pray this prayer after me in their hearts. Lord Jesus, I'm deciding in this moment that I'm making a commitment to follow you, to make you the first priority in my life, so I can follow you and be your disciple. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I have done wrong in my life, but from now on I follow you and I trust you and I thank you for the price that you have paid for me on the cross. Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. Lord, and show us in each and every one of us in our hearts how to take the next step. 
how we can go and follow you. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.